0: Silver and bronze. Verse 21. And they came, everyone whose heart stirred him, and everyone whose spirit moved him, and brought the Lord's contribution to be used for the tent of meeting, and for all its service, and for the holy garments. So they came, both men and women, all who were a willing heart, brought brooches and earrings and signet rings and armlets, all sorts of gold ob- objects, every man dedicated an offering of gold to the Lord. So what, had, what was happening was, is that Moses had heard from God that it was time to build the tent of meeting. And if, you, if you've read the Old Testament, studied the Old Testament, all the tent of meeting was the place where they met with God. Now obviously God was everywhere. God was was uh, is omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's uh all powerful. And so um but he wanted them to have a place where they could go and specifically meet with him, and so in that process, they put it out to the people to say, "Okay, well, here's the deal. God wants to do this. He wants to to build on. He wants to to add on to what we're doing. He wants a place where we can go and worship him." And so they started to raise money. They started to raise funds. Now, I didn't read the part where they they started bringing uh, uh, seal skins and uh, and uh, fine yarns, and I mean, they, it was a very a lot of stuff that they were to bring. And and to make this happen. And so I just want to make a quick announcement. This will be the first announcement of this uh, publicly, but I want to at least start to talk about it so that as we as we continue down the process, that uh, you're informed. You always hear about it, so you don't you don't hear about it secondhand, you hear it right from me. The Lord's been speaking to me over the last number of months. And uh about a number of things, all kinds of good things happening. But one of the things is that we're all, we're, we need to start to look to build on. Now, when I say we start to look to build on, it means we're, we're in the beginning stages. We're doing some research right now. We're doing some ground, uh, not groundbreaking, because that sounds like we're actually getting ready, but we're, we're starting to, to, to research. Uh, what 's happening in the community what 's happening here at rV uh, rVcc what 's happening with the highways because that the last time we had talked about building, we found out that that they wanted to put an overpass here at the at the intersection and then uh, that was uh, actually they had money to do it, and they were about ready to do it and then it got shelved uh, it got put on the shelf, and so we kind of we put all of our plans on the shelf. Because we don't want, whatever we do, we want it to last. And it's not going to be something we build and then have to move it or whatever. So we started, uh, back then, we went through a process of, uh, of uh, starting to plan. And then when they put their plans on, on the shelf, we did too. We just waited. We said, okay, let's just wait until we see what happens. Well, that was, I believe, us 2009. So that was uh, over five years ago that they, that that happened. Well, in the last few months, uh, the Holy Spirit's been speaking to me about, about doing the research, starting to do the research and figure out what it would take to add on, to build. Uh, on a, any given Sunday now with Pastor Luis's church here, uh, we're we're having to, to come into our service, and then as soon as we're done, move out so that they're ready to come in. They start coming in at noon. Well, today, obviously, uh, we have uh, uh, our service with all the tables and everything. We're having the chili feed, which usually we just hung out all afternoon. We just want to stay as long as we wanted to, but they've got church coming. So what? What we're going to do is today I'm going to get done a little bit early. We're going to do the chili feed as you know right away afterwards. You can just hang out and, and fellowship for a while because they're going to come and join us. Uh, their church is going to come early and they're going to come and eat with us and hang out. And then uh, when we're ready to go, they're, they're going to start their worship. And if you want to stay for a while, great. We're just kind of kind of blend together for a little bit and then head out when we want to. We don't have to move the tables and anything. That's all going to stay. But that's just one example. On any given night during the week, uh, we have multiple things going on in the building to the point where we're having some scheduling conflicts. So we're at the beginning stages of of having those growth pains where you feel like, wait a second, it's getting a little tight in here. And uh, by all research, by by all the experts' opinions, when you start to experience the things that we're experiencing, you need to do something. And what does that mean? So that's what we're doing. We're starting to go through that process of uh, what is that mean? How do we look forward? But in that bottom line, it takes money to do it. It takes money to to build. It takes money to expand. It's an exciting problem to have, but it is something we need to start heading towards. And where does that money come from? It would be great if God just dropped it out of the sky. But he doesn't do that. The Bible says that men shall give unto your bosoms. People, God uses people to work through to bring. And it's about the heart. It's about what God puts on your heart. This isn't about squeezing the turnip. This isn't about forcing something. It's about what God is willingly doing. If God is leading me, then I believe he'll also lead you. And as we're a part of this together, as we go through the process, then we'll, we'll, we'll he'll talk, speak to our hearts. He'll tell us how to take care of it, how to do it. He'll he'll also provide the fun, the uh, finances for it through us, through the people, or through other. If he wants to drop it, hey, that's awesome too. Just get out of the way because it's going to be a, you know, it's a chunk. But. We're starting that process. I wanted to put it out there, let you know. Uh, we're ha- we already had a meeting with an architect to talk about the ramifications of what happens with the highway if they do what they want to do. This week is a meeting between the county, the city of Lake Elmo, and the, 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 the or Washington County and DOT to start talking about what their plans are for this corner. Right now there's nothing imminent. There's nothing on the calendar. There's no no project slated. But we we it's interesting timing that as the Lord's been speaking to me about getting our ducks in a row that when I found out about this meeting coming up, they're in their beginning stages and we get to work hand in hand with them. So so it's exciting. We'll we'll keep you up to date on every step as we go through it, but as the, as we do that, ask the Lord what's our what's your part? What's our part together? to see this project through. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you that you're, you're doing stuff. You're moving forward. And Lord, I thank you also that you give uh, your people heads up whenever something's about to happen. And Father, I thank you for, for giving me forewarning that we need to start getting our ducks in a row, getting our plans organized. And I thank you, Father, that we'll always be either right right in lockstep or we'll be a step ahead every step of the way. We'll know exactly what to do. We'll know how to do it. And, Father, I thank you most of all that you provide everything that we need. Father, everything that we need for the for whatever project comes up, that whatever we need for our own individual needs as we go through the projects. And, Lord, we just thank you that you are our source and that you there's no lack in you. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Serve the people. As you're doing that, children, you're dismissed. Thank you so much for being here, worshiping with us this morning. So the kids are dismissed to their classes. Once a month. Once a month we have the kids in with us to to worship with us, and that's exciting. Love for them to be with us to do that. And uh, as they're continuing to... To head out, just wanted to give one more announcement, then I'll make this announcement at the end, also right before the, uh, right before we dismiss to, to have lunch, is that those who are, um, going to be voting, who want to vote for the chili, so you want to take one of each, there's little cups out there with numbers on them, the whole nine yards. Those who want to be a part of that judging process, you're going to be dismissed first. Think that through exactly, exactly, and then we'll then rest. will go after that. But uh, get around the tables, fellowship. If uh, when you see uh, the other church starting to come in, welcome them to your table. Get it, get to know them. Uh, if you speak Spanish, that helps. Uh, but uh, many of them do speak English, and uh, we'll have a great time of fellowship. Amen. Otherwise, Edith can interpret for all of you. Just uh, have her uh, <laughs> have her do that. Amen. Amen. All right. Turn with me to Romans chapter eight. We've been in Romans chapter eight now since the beginning of the year. Been bouncing around a little bit here and there, but mainly been in Romans chapter eight. And I'm gonna start out with verse ten. We let we ended up with verse eleven. I'm going to go back to verse 9, and then we're going to go on from there. This is where we ended up last week. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ, Christ Jesus from the dead, will also give you life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. All of Romans chapter eight is uh, is talking about the Spirit of life, the Spirit of life, the Spirit of death. The, the what what's happening here? We talked last week that that if we allow the, the 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 spirit of this world, the spirit of our you know our flesh to to rule, if we allow these things to to be it's what's in control, then you're going to die. Those those deeds, and I don't mean you know if you're born again, you're going to live forever, but the deeds that we do, the things that we do with our life, are worthless. And so. As we do this, there's, there's a focus that we want to have. Not on that, obviously. We know that's not the answer. The answer is not living according to the flesh. And, I, you know, we have to talk about that. I actually, here's where I wanted to start. What I'm going to talk about today is where I wanted to start last week. But I realized that we can't talk about the spirit of life until we deal with that old stuff. Get rid of that stuff. End and our fascination with the things of this world. With the things that are carnal, with the things that are going to end. And there are things that are going to end. And, and, I, and we talked about that it's, it's like, you know, that it's, it has to die. It feels like it's death. And I was talking with some folks this week and, and told them, you know, what the Lord has showed me, you know, specifically, there's some things He's, He's led me to do and to, to put my attention towards and to focus. It is a fight. It's a fight. Every day is a fight. Because I wake up and I want to do this, you know, it's easy to do this, and God says, no, I want you to live this way. I want you to head in this direction. And it's like, oh, it's, you know, having to make that choice to, okay, I'm going to put that aside and I'm going to live differently. Living, like we said last week, according to the spirit of life the Spirit of God, living with His things in mind, the things that He desires for us. That's what's going to give us life. I read a quote this week that says, every time you quit, it gets easier. And that works the same way with sin, or, or those things that are opposite to the things of God, the things that are according to the flesh. Every time you give in, to the, in the things according to the flesh, it gets easier. Easier and easier to do it. But conversely, every time you give in to the things of the Spirit, it may be hard at the beginning. And it is hard. It's hard to do what God wants you to do. And you may have noticed, I, I haven't started listing anything yet. What does He want you to do? Well, I don't know. I don't know what God has for you specifically. I know there's some things He wants me to do, but I'm not going to put those out there as the, as the standard because I don't know what you know. I mean, God is going to lead you. You're going to hear God's voice. And you, you need to hear God's voice. If you're not hearing God's voice, how do you do that? Somebody, tell me. Get in the Word. Get in the Bible. If you've never, if you feel like you've never heard that, we talked about this a few weeks ago. If you feel like you've never heard the voice of God, start reading the Bible. Read it on a regular basis, even though it's, it's work. Yes, that's one of the things of the Spirit, is being in the Word, reading the Bible. And I know there's some who go, I do that every morning. It's easy. Yes, it's easy for you. Why? Because you just made a habit of doing it. You started doing it. You started getting into it. The more you do it, the easier it is. The more time you spend in His presence, the easier it is to get there. The more times you choose the other side. Oh no, I'm going to turn on the cartoons. Nothing wrong with cartoons. There are some cartoons that are great. There are some that are classic, that should be the only cartoons. <laughs> beep, beep, sick, tang. And not that cartoons are evil. There are times... You know, recently there was something the Lord was saying. No, I, you know, don't spend time on that anymore, and and I want you to spend time on this. And so, you know, daily it was a fight. I was like, okay, I'm going to focus on this. I'm going to focus on this, and and I was making those choices, and it was getting easier and easier. And then all of a sudden, one day, I had some free time, and I was like, oh, what should I do? And I was looking. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to do this thing that God and the Lord says. No, you can do that for a while now. Huh? Veggie tails. Yeah, it was. No, it wasn't veggie tails. But he said, it's okay. Do that. It's not that that that's sin. It's just be led by the Spirit. You know, you could think, well, I'm going to give up. What do you guys like to do? Think about what you like to do. I'm going to give this up. How many of you used to have to give something up about this time of year? To jump through the hoops. It isn't about just giving something up. it's about what's God leading you to do. Usually, he's leading you in the direction of the things of the spirit, and to do those other things, just take away from it, it takes away from your time. But you know, it isn't that chocolate is bad, is it? Chocolate is good. I have the research. Chocolate's wonderful. Fishing. Fishing is fantastic. Riding motorcycles, golf, <laughs> shopping. I'm starting to hear people's hearts now, yes. Shout those things out. It isn't that those things are evil, but if, we, if our focus is on that rather than, God, what is it you want for me to do today? You want me to go shopping? Glory to you, Lord. Thank you, Father. And go shopping. Enjoy yourself. But if he's saying, hey, I want you to spend time with me today, or I want you to to do something. I want you to, to to reach out to your neighbor. Hey, call your neighbor up and go out for some coffee. If he leads you to do those things, then that needs to be the focus. To not do that, to somehow to somehow say no, God, I, I I'm going to do this. Well, that's that's sin. And it could be the very thing that he says the next day is fine to do, but it's the heart. It's what's happening in the heart. Is what we we do as a part of his leading rather than doing things according to the flesh. So, we're going to pick up this morning at Romans chapter 8, verse 12. It says, So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. That's what I want to get to. That's, this, this is where this is all heading, is He's telling us he wants, to, he wants us to live as sons of God. What examples do we have from the Bible of people who were sons of God? Anybody know? One's very obvious. Jesus. Yes. Jesus was the Son of God. He he even said, He's the Son of Man and the Son of God. He lived every day as the Son of God. And what did he say? How did he say he lived? He says, I don't do anything except what the Father, what I see the Father doing. And I don't say anything unless I hear the Father saying it. Jesus lived as the Son of God. That's the focus I want. Not to focus on the problems. We already deal with the problems. We already know what the problems are. Deal with them. Put them to death. Crucify them. Kill them. If the Holy Spirit says, you know, that's something in your life that's been taking up too much time, then stop. How many have ever seen the the old uh, uh, Tim Conway bit where he is? Uh, he's a psychologist, and he's uh, or no, not Tim Conway. What's the Bob Newhart, Bob Newhart, and the person's going. I'm having this problem. He goes, "Stop it!" <laughs> but, but, doctor, I, I you know i came here for you know, as a psych- You're my psychologist. Can you help me with this? Stop it! <laughs> but that's I mean I've been having trouble with this for 20 years. Well, then stop it. <laughs> so when it comes to the things in our lives that are stealing time from what the spirit of life, the spirit of God is telling us to do, stop it. You have the power to stop it. You do. I have the power to stop it. We're the only ones who have the power to stop it. Just stop it. Stop wasting time on those things. Now, I know. That's easy to say. And I'm preaching to myself. I mean, I'm sitting there. I I open up this in the morning. Now, just so you know, I'm going to preface this with Facebook is not sin. (laughs) necessarily facebook is not sin i'm on facebook my wife goes why are you on facebook i said because i like posting my innermost thoughts and feelings and sharing no it's because you guys post your innermost thoughts and feelings and i and i know what's going on in your life i'm a pastor i can hey i don't have to you know i i can hear what's going on it's great to hear your 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 joys and your and your needs and your you know it's hey it's there it's there. So, hey, it's wonderful. To, to, that's a way that people connect nowadays. It's great. So Facebook is not a sin. Except when I get up in the morning and I open this up and, the, and, and my usual habit is to, turn, is to open up Facebook and see what's going on in the world. I have a problem. <laughs> that's the first step of getting it fixed, is admitting it. And the Holy Spirit says, do you notice that the Bible button is right next to the Facebook button? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Bible button. Every time, and that's just me. Come on, don't don't get into this, oh, okay, I have to quit doing Facebook. It's not just Facebook, it's Pinterest, okay? Pinterest. Whoa! Yeah, whoa, whoa, Pastor John. Now you're starting to meddle. Okay, don't be messing with the Pinterest. All right, I don't Pinterest, guys. Just so you know, just so you know, I don't pin. Never have. Have no desire. For some, it's tweeting. I have never twitted once. There's a lot of things I don't do, on it. but Facebook just—it's there, you know. But Every time this week, where the Holy Spirit said, "You know, there is a button right there that says Bible. Why don't you push that instead?" You know, you're thinking, "Well, you're a pastor. That should have been. You know, that should be easy." I'm a human being, just like you. No, not just like you. A little bit different than you, but I'm just, (laughs) or whatever it is. You know, whatever. You know, it's it's. Hey, I want you to reach out to so and so your coworker, your neighbor, your the person down the street, whatever, you know, and you're going, oh, "I don't have time for that this week." I want you to help so and so. You hear about a need in somebody's life and uh, you know the Holy Spirit saying, "I want you to help them in the name of the Lord." I uh, there's a purpose behind this and you're going, "Oh, I don't like them." They're an annoying neighbor. They have a dog that does stuff in my yard. We all live in the real world. But when we put those deeds of the flesh, those things that that is easy for our flesh to do, when we put those to death, that brings life. And the more time we, we spend feeding, by being led by the Spirit, and feeding the things of the Spirit, it brings life. For all, verse 14, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. My heart, man, it's just been burning in my heart for, for weeks now, is that phrase, sons of God. We are the sons. And I, yes, sons and daughters, we know that. We are the sons and daughters. There is no male, female, Jew, Greek, slave, free. There is none of that in the, in the kingdom of God. We're all His children. When we become born again, we are His children. Then it doesn't matter whether you're male or female. What it has to do with is He loves you and He wants to lead you and He wants to enrich your life. And the way He does that is he, He helps us to put to death the things of the flesh and gives life to the things of the Spirit. And when we do, then we start living like the sons of God. That's the exciting part. And I asked you last week, and I'm still not going to give an all-out answer this morning, but I asked you this question to think about this this week, that week, and then I want you to think about it this week. I want you to meditate on this. What do I mean by meditate? Don't mean the om. What I mean is, Father, what does this mean? And then listen for Him. Think about it. Think about it deeply. When when the Bible talks about meditation, it talks about just thinking deeply about it. Well, what I've been deeply meditating on lately is what is it like, what does it look like to be and to act like the Son of God? That's the invitation He's called us all to is He wants us to live like the sons of God. One of the things I've been thinking about is watching my own children what is it like to be the sons of John or the daughter of John? And I've been watching my kids and how they interact with me and how they act when they're around me and when they when they're doing the things I ask them to do. What's that like? And I've been meditating, God, do I have a relationship with you like you like I have with my son and my daughter? And I realize, I realize that God, it doesn't, God isn't needy. But God definitely wants you around. Those of you who have kids, you know, yeah, you get just torqued at them sometimes. But you love having them around. And those of you who have teenagers who have started to see them leave more often and for longer periods of time, it's just like, whoa! I don't think I like this. I had a, had a. I think it was. A, I don't know what it was. I had a knowing, a vision, or whatever. When Ethan was crawling one day, he was crawling across the room. If you can imagine something him that big. <laughs> but he was crawling across the room, and it was like in this. It wasn't like, you know. I can't say it was a vision. It was just a knowing. In this, he crawled out of the room. And he toddled in. And then he toddled out and he walked in. And then he walked out and he came in as a teenager and then he walked out and came in as an adult. It just happened very quickly where I had this knowing. And the Holy Spirit says, enjoy it while you can. And everybody who has an empty nest knows how fast it goes. But it's that longing. Parents now. Okay, parents. You know that longing, that desire to be with your children? God has that for you. Except His is so pure, it's way more intense. His desire to be with you is so intense. (laughs) It's so intense that He did everything He could possibly do to make that relationship possible. He sent His only Son to die for you for us so that that desire that 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 intense i can't say need but that that intense desire for you to be in his presence is what he's constantly saying come here come here spend some time with me and when we do that the benefits for us is immeasurable Sons of God. What is it like? What does it look like to be the sons of God? What do the sons of God act like? Verse 14 again. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. He's adopted us. What he did when Jesus came and lived on this earth and died and, and, and he, he bought back us. It says that we were redeemed, that we were bought back. When he did that, he paid the ultimate sacrifice to adopt you as their, as his child. We have a number of families who have adopted children here. And the beauty of that. The, <laughs> I mean some kids are born by choice. Some kids are born by accident. Some kids are oops. Not me, I was purposely brought into this world. My brother though was an oops. And I reminded him of that on a regular basis. And I needed to repent of that, you know. <laughs> really really sorry buddy shouldn't have, shouldn't have said those things but there are some kids that are in families because of the choice because parents went to the extra mile to make them a part of their family that is so beautiful it's so powerful what an amazing and is, it, is are they any less a part of the family no now, I've I've shared this before and I don't know how many have remembered or you know it's not that big a deal it's just a it's just a part of my life and if you forgot it it's okay but Neitzel is not my last name Neitzel is a name that it's an adopted name Now I wasn't adopted I was brought in on purpose but my grandfather my grandfather my dad's dad was adopted his his mother before he could remember, probably it was, he was in a, it was one or two, she ran away. She was a young woman, her her husband was an older man. She had twins completely overwhelmed and just one day disappeared. My great-grandfather tried to raise two twins, a boy and a girl, and died very young. He died at fifty two or fifty three when they were still. I think they were probably six or seven. His dying wish was that they not be separated. He specifically, when he he took them to the orphanage before he died, because he had no family nearby, he said, please do not separate them. Well, in those days, as probably any other time, girls were adopted very quickly. People had a compassion for that. And the boys were adopted quickly, too. He was adopted sh- shortly after he was there, but by a different family. He was adopted in the spring, and that whole summer they, he lived on a farm and worked the farm and worked the fields and fed the cows. And in the fall, when the harvest was brought back in, he was taken back to the orphanage and dropped off. Spent the winter in the orphanage, and the next spring, if another family came along and adopted him. And he worked the farm, he planted, and worked the fields, and harvested, and at the end of the harvest, they took him back to the orphanage and dropped him off. That went on for year after year. Went on, I I don't know the exact number, but it was like six or seven years he was adopted out in the spring, brought back in the fall. One spring, the Neitzels came to the orphanage and adopted him, he packed his stuff up and went and helped the plant and worked the fields and fed the animals and came to the harvest time and he, they harvested, got all the harvest in. Ma Neetzel, Grandma Neetzel came to his room and he was packing up. and She goes, well, what are you doing? He says, well, I'm packing up. Well, why would you do that? Well, I'm sure I was going back to the orphanage. And she goes, no, we adopted you. You're part of our family. And he took their name. Adoption. You're a part of the family. I mean, what a great family to be a part of. The family of God. There's a lot of benefit. I mean, every kid's dream, you know, or little orphan Annie's dream is to, be, is to be adopted by, what was the guy's name? Big Daddy Warbucks, isn't it? Money, you know we got an even better deal. We were adopted by the King of Kings. The Lord of Lords. The God of all the universe. Can I borrow your Bible for a second? And these are the terms for the adoption. This is the, this is the record of the family holdings when you accepted Him, when He called you and you accepted Him and and allowed Him to adopt you. You don't just come and work the land for a while and get a roof over your head and maybe three squares. No, you get the family. You get the family business. You get the family inheritance. You get everything. There was a difference... When he would get adopted by those families who were just trying to work him, who were just looking for what they could get out of it, and yeah, they fed him and they put him in a bed, and yeah, they were nice to him. I never heard, at least I never heard any stories of abuse. But there's difference when you're part of the family. There's a different way to live. What is that? Most Christians today feel like they're just hired laborers for the summer and most Christians today live like they're hired laborers for the summer for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. Daddy, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. That's the difference. That's the difference. Is that heirs, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. If you're a part of the family, then the, the, what the family is about, what the family does, you've got to be a part of that. And there's work with that. Ever since our kids could handle a job, they did a job. Some of the cutest memories was seeing tally with a garbage bag trying to get it out the door. She still delivers it. No, I'm just kidding. Whatever you can do, all right, let's go, let's work, let's get going here. It's not you're not just going to get three squares. Somebody asked me recently because I said I was, that Ethan has been mowing lawns for years and years, and they said, "Well, is that part of his his? Uh, does he did he get?" Compensation for that? I said, Yeah, he gets to sleep indoors and eat. <laughs> so in the body of Christ, now that we're adopted, he's got an agenda. Our Father has a plan. And he has a purpose. And he has a he's on a mission. And the mission is there's a lot of homeless people out there. There's a lot of family-less people out there. There's a lot of people who are in a kingdom that's day labor for them. And He wants them to be their, His sons and His daughters. That takes work. That's where we come in. What does a son and a daughter of God look like? How does a son and a daughter of God act? How do we live our lives that's a question that's just it. It needs to burn inside of you. This week, I again challenge you to ask God to meditate on God. What does that mean? What does it mean to be the sons of God? Start getting into the Word, finding out. Because it's, it's right. Romans eight is not the only place that it talks about this. How did Jesus live? He was this, the Son of God. What did he do? How did he live his life? Ask God what that means. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to pray. Who was the last one to sit down? Who was that? All right, yeah, it was me. I never haven't sat down yet. I'll pray for the dinner. Remember, those who are going to, who I actually want to vote on chili, you get to go first. Only take one coin, only vote for one. The voting things are over there I see behind the chairs. Let's pray. Father, thank You. Father, thank You, thank You, thank You that You adopted us and You love us and You chose for us to be in Your family and You did everything You could do to get us here. And Father, I thank You. I pray, Lord, that You show us how to live like it. How to not be worried that we just have to pack up in the fall. Thank you, Father. Thank you for loving us. Making us heirs. (laughs) That's just crazy. Making us joint heirs with Christ of the kingdom of God. Lord, show us how to be good stewards of that. Father, thank you for the opportunity today for fellowship with each other and with Pastor Luis's church. Thank you, Father, for this family, this family that we have here that meets at River Valley. Thank you for this family that just is there for us and, and is so it, it's becoming deeper by the day. Thank you for this food, for labors of everybody's hands. We pray that it's blessed. And Father, we just give you glory, and I pray that our fellowship brings you joy. In Jesus' name, amen.